Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Schlep here on Wednesday morning, January the 8th in 2020. And uh, on Wednesdays, we tend to take a look at the auxiliary Old Testament text for the week. So here in year A and the baptism of our Lord week, which is the season after Christmas and the season of Epiphany, we're going to take a look at Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. It's a well-known passage. It's one of those fulcrum points of the book of Isaiah. And so I'll read that passage and then... I will uh, just take some time, look at a couple points of reflection from that text, then we'll spend some time praying along its theme. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise together to meet God in prayer. Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I'll put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. This is what the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. This is the word of God for us. Let me offer just a couple points of reflection over Isaiah 42 before we turn to a time of prayer this morning. This is the, I guess we could call it the encouraging part of the book of Isaiah. Be reminded the ministry of Isaiah from the early parts of the book uh, were to prepare the people for the invasion of the Babylonian Empire upon uh, the nation of Israel. Actually, this is the tribes of Judah. Uh, they're around Jerusalem in the uh, surrounding regions. And we know that in uh, 586, 587 BC, the Babylonians do come and they do this dispersion where they, um, what they instead of uh, completely annihilating a group of people, they would separate them. They would keep the poor and lowly people in the smashed down cities after the war. They would carry off their best and their brightest back to uh, the capital city of the empire in order to use their gifts and talents in order to further their causes like we see in the book of Daniel. And they would just continue to spread people all over. They, They thought if we can thin people out, if we can cause them to be in remote parts of the earth, they would intermarry with other peoples and that is a way to eliminate their nationality. There would never be a threat for this people to rise up again and to seek revenge upon our empire. And so at this point, the people are got to be spread everywhere. And so there's an obvious um, devastation that's taking its toll upon the consciousness of the people of God. And so what we have here in Isaiah 42 is a song of hope. In fact, some scholars give the first four verses as a song and uh, some use uh, different parts of this chapter as another song of praise to God because God is not going to leave his people in these remote and desolate and destituted places, but he's going to bring them back. Um, and he's going to do that through a servant. 
And uh, this is a unique feature, and this is why it lands in this part of the Christian year. Because as we are celebrating the arrival of Christ and his Messiahship, one who's chosen by God to bring salvation to all peoples, we're also in the season of Epiphany, this idea that our, our minds are being opened, that um, God has not just come to rescue his Jewish nation, the people of Israel, but all peoples who call upon the name of the Lord. And so this, this passage lands in this season because this is the hope that is developing, is that God is going to bring people from all nations, and not just the people of, of Abraham, uh, but also all peoples, the nations of the Gentiles, as it says in this passage, so that other people might receive salvation and blessing and hope from God. Now, the immediate fulfillment of this text is coming through a servant named Cyrus, who is the leader of an emerging empire, the Media Persians, who are going to take on the Babylonians. And through Cyrus and Darius after him, the people of God get to return back to the Promised Land, as we see in Ezra and Nehemiah and the later parts of the Old Testament, and begin to set up shop, become the commonwealth of the people of God again. And so God is using a servant, an outside leader, in order to bring about his purposes. And uh, what we see is that the, the Christian uh, reader has used this passage, not just to talk about something that happened in the, the 6th century, the 5th century B.C., but to see Jesus as the servant who would uh, execute great justice, who would come not as one who was loud and proud, uh, but he was, uh, he, as verse 2 says, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. But this great humility, uh, the shape of the servant, and we see that in the ministry and the life uh, and the, the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so what we have here is an interesting case study in how Christians have always read the scripture. They do see this immediate fulfillment of prophecy, but then this later fulfillment and all things summing up in Christ. We can look at the first few verses of the book of Hebrews, which says, In the past God spoke to us through his prophets, but now he speaks to us through his son. How in the Christian life we tend to bring everything under the name of Jesus. Uh, Karl Barth once famously quipped, uh, the answer to any question is Jesus. And he'd say, the answer is Jesus. Now, what is the question? Uh, and I think that that is an allegiance uh, exercise that we have is we can bring everything under uh, Jesus, who is the slain Lamb of God, but who's also the Lion of Judah, who has overcome sin and death, and he is the victorious one. So let's pray for that this morning. Let's pray for a couple things. Number one, that we would bring allegiance to Jesus. And secondly, that we would model ourselves after Jesus to be the servant who, even though the world seems to be eroding around us like it was when this message was first proclaimed, that there was a servant who was able to withstand and to overcome. Now perhaps God would use us as those types of servants who would withstand and overcome in order that we can help others who are weak around us. So let's spend some time praying over those ideas this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you today because we have been found within the family of God. God, we thank you that with you uh, we can understand the promises of God. We understand that our sin has been separated from us as far as the east is from the west. That you receive us, that we are new creations, and that uh, you'll never let the righteous fall. And so God, we allow all of our anxieties, all of our worries and concerns, the things that we fret about, we allow those things to rise before you today. 
and we understand that you're the God who takes care of us, and you're the God who holds all things together. And so, God, we thank you that you've held us together, and you've given us a new day. We thank you that today's a gift on this this Wednesday. We uh, go to work because it's a gift from you. We uh, go to school because it's a gift from you. We um, so associate with French uh, friendships and uh, co-workers and neighbors uh, because those things are a gift from you. We are sustained with food and drink because that is a gift from you. Air fills our lungs again and again today because it is a gift from you. And so God, uh, with hearts filled with gratitude, we now face uh, some of the situations of our day. And we thank you that uh, Jesus is the servant, that he is the Holy One, um, that we have seen that when the world was fraying, when the world was unraveling, God, you didn't allow the world to be subject to decay, but you came and rescued it from the middle of its mess. And Jesus was at the center of it. That was always your plan to give up your son for the world that you love. And so we ascribe allegiance to Jesus once again. May Jesus be the thing that we dedicate our lives to. May there be nothing that rivals him. May there be an extreme and a faithful loyalty to the Son, Jesus Christ, today. God, we also thank you that you call us to have the mind of Christ. And so as Jesus was a servant, a servant who was able to rise above the way in which the world was unraveling around him, God, you call us to be servants. And so, God, I pray for a fortitude in our souls. I pray for humility within our spirit this day, that we'd have a, a lowly spirit within us so that we can be the servants of God. And so, God, I pray for that work situation that's very delicate and it's very difficult. God, I pray that we'd be servants. God, for maybe some animosity that we have in our families, uh, maybe a struggle that we have in our marriages, uh, may we not return accusation for accusation, but may we humble ourselves. May we serve others around us. And I pray that as we do so, you'd be glorified and that you would intervene and intercede and uh, put the world back together around us, in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, and in the wider world around us. So God, make us servants who follow a servant king. Teach us that faithful and wise way to humble ourselves, because your word promises us that you give grace to the humble, but you oppose the proud. So God, give us the grace to be humble today. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.